Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. Episode 5, and today we're going to talk about being present in our lives. Paul, you want to introduce that topic? Yeah, thank you, Brian. This is Paul. And, you know, Brian, when I look back at my life, at the moments that I was the happiest, it's not the moments that were dictated by when I was wealthy or, you know, had everything I wanted, but it, it was more that I was present at that moment in my life, specifically there, you know? So today's topic is recognizing those things that keep us from being present in our lives so that we can be more tuned to the actual moment. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. Well, basically, we've kind of outlined a few factors that we want to go over, and I guess the first one we need to talk about is balance. What is balance for you, Paul, taking time to play? Well, I think there's quite a few things. Yeah, I think it is important that we take time to play. You know, the old adage, I'll work and no play makes Jackie, uh, just Jack, uh, Old boy makes Jack a dull boy. There's no just Jack, <laughs> just Will and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think for me, it's really important that we let our kid out. It's we forget sometimes that we still need to nurture that little child inside of us and and bring that forth. And I think that if we don't take the time to do that, then we're just approaching burnout, and we're kind of lopsided. We're not really able to look at things in the correct perspective, and that's always going to keep us from, you know, being able to participate fully in any moment in our lives so in order to be present in anything you need a balance sure and i think that you know next for me would probably be that i need to quit striving so much for perfection yeah i think that i need to give myself a break and just try and step out of myself like i would see myself as a friend and if i had a friend that was just dwelling over little minor things I would probably need to tell them that. And I should be able to do that for myself as well, don't you think? Absolutely. I always try to talk to myself as as if I was a friend of mine. I mean, mean, what would you tell your best friend if you were concerned about them? That's how I talk to myself. And as far as as being a perfectionist goes, that can be very paralyzing for me, I've found. Um, If I'm always striving to be perfect, then I'm missing opportunities to, you know be happy I guess it's important that we recognize whenever we feel that need to do that I mean there's something driving that and a lot of times when we do that what we're doing is we're maybe it's an issue with the ego there as well it being a little lower than it needs to be where we feel that we need to make someone like us or, or ensure they're gonna like us and not let them down and try to be there for them in that moment you know and I think we don't always have to be the perfect friend, the perfect son, you know, in, in as far as saying yes on a commitment, because we, we need to give ourselves a break and realize that, you know, can I actually fulfill this obligation that I'm making? Because it's really not going to help things if they're dependent on me and I've already committed to something else and I just said yes to them without thinking about it. I've just now created a lot more strife and drama and it's just not going to be okay. Yeah, that perfection striving for that is not good, as as if I said that perfectly. I think it's okay to tell someone, I need to make sure that I can 
fulfill that before I commit to it. I, I don't think anyone's going to be upset about that. Yeah, so taking care of yourself is important, is actually more important, because if, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not able to take care of other people. Sure, and I think... In, it's like it's like when uh, on the airplane flights when they say the oxygen levels dropped and the masks come down they say put your own mask on first before you put a mask on somebody else because if you don't take care of yourself you're probably just going to pass out in that scenario and uh, well if you can't take care of yourself what business do you have taking care of anyone else or yeah, trying that, to right that's true I mean and, and then and then you know there's a difference between taking care of them and just taking on their issues or their stress yeah i mean maybe the universe is formatting a lesson for them to learn and you're taking away from them yeah true it's just going to format a new one for them until they get the lesson they're supposed to learn mm -hmm. you know and i think that grounding is another important aspect of balance for me too i find that um if if i want to be in the moment that i just need to get my feet on the ground you know so to say I find that for me, you know, I kind of consider it the element of error whenever we're in our head and we have all this stuff spinning around our head and we, we're not thinking and, and things like that. Or uh, I get that from work, you know, when I get stressed, you know, it could be anything late for the bus or whatever, mm -hmm. but, um, grief can definitely set you askew and keep you from being in the moment or, you know, and that's, that's a natural process. And we'll get into that probably in another podcast, but spiritual work itself can take your feet off the ground and, and, I think that, you know, like even in some practices, they they have like a celebration of food and drink after, like cake and ales or, you know, communion in the church. Those are acts of physically taking something into your physical self so that you are able to get your feet back into the ground. It's kind of a natural thing. And I, I see that sometimes with people when they get upset, they go and they start eating or they have a stressful day at work and they just start eating. And Yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. In the past... A couple years ago, I was into this thing where I was very conscious of everything I was eating. And I when, remember I, that. when I say I'm conscious, I mean, I was, I, I had a habit of sitting in front of a TV and just binge eating and feeding my face. And that was not making me healthy. It wasn't making me happy. So I started consciously thinking about every bite of food I take. What does it taste like? How am I enjoying it? And, you know, what is it doing for my body? Is it healthy? Is it making me stronger? And just the conscious effort of thinking about those things as I was eating was making me healthier and happier. And that's something that I've gotten away from. I really need to get back into that. That, that was a very healthy thing for me to do. And uh, I miss that in my life, to be honest. So it's, you know, being conscious of what I was eating and doing. I think that that I can definitely attest to sitting down with a bag of chips and only meaning to eat two. And then next thing you know, you've polished the whole thing off. Yeah, I mean, there's a point where you eat just to numb yourself because you know all your blood is is digesting you know your food sure. all your energy is going to your digestive system so your brain so your brain isn't able to um overthink anymore you've pretty much numbed your brain is what you've done by overeating you know it's you've taken all the energy sure. yeah you've taken all the energy into digestion now and uh you don't have enough energy to overthink so well, you've it, moved to the physical as opposed to the you know, the air. So you're, you're more in the earth when you're in that mode. And sure, that's, that's a natural ground. And I think people take that for granted. And I think that's why I see a lot of times my friends, uh, you know, when, when people get into a new hobby or they get into something that, that really gets them keyed up, that a lot of times you'll see them put, start packing on weight because if they're not conscious of the fact that they need to ground, they're going to go to the only ground that they know intuitively, which is food. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's very important. And how do you ground yourself without food? Like, do you use water or? Um, well, just staying conscious, like we were saying earlier, is pretty much my, uh, my go-to way to ground myself. But, you know, I, I'm not the expert on grounding. I will, if you've listened to our previous ep- uh, episodes, you know that I've had, you know, problems with uh, anxiety. Sure. And if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know, you also know April was on and, sure. and she, um, she did the treatment on me, which afterwards I felt very heavy. And um, that was me feeling grounded for the first time in a really long time. So, um, you know, that was a, a wonderful grounding experience for me. Yeah. I find for me being a Pisces, you know, us being Pisces, that I ground really well with water. I mean, I can I can sit in the tub. And I know that you, you like your hot tubs. I do like my hot tubs. And I, I find that does help for me. I've seen people literally sit with their feet in water. Um, that were just drop your feet in a pool or something along those lines. Um, or wading just into sitting the by the ocean, yeah. Sure, and and I think that's kind of two things. The other thing for me is I love to put my bare feet onto the ground and feel the grass or the sand, and especially at the beach, right? Because I got both elements working for me at that point. I've got the earth, and I can feel it. I can sink into it, and I've got the ocean right there, the water, and you know, water always moves to a level state. You know, at, at some place, if you if you isolate it and you can get it alone, it will eventually get still. And mm-hmm. I, I always kind of, I think people miss that in the aspect of water a lot of times when they're thinking about emotion and those type of things. But if you can get to a point where it's still, mm-hmm. it, it's a very grounding it's thing. It's like your me. mind. It's the same. It, there's an old adage, and I don't know who said it. I'm sure somebody does that. You know, boiling water, you can't see your your reflection in, you know, sure. it has to be still before you can see yourself or, you know. Well, that's great. I've never heard that one. Mm-hmm. I think another thing for me, and as far as like staying balanced is <laughs> like pre-planning, um, being late. I mean, it's going to eventually happen. It happens to everyone. It's kind of inevitable that, you know, it, unless it's just a general habit to be late, it, it throws us completely out of alignment. And... What I was taught by a friend of mine who's, I, I'm going to call him my shaman, right? Uh, he told me that if I'm late and I go rushing out the door, that I'm going to be pushing that energy throughout the entire day into everyone that I run into. And, you know, I believe that everything you put out comes back at you, whether it's good intentions and it's peace or if it's just chaos, it's going to just reflect right back at you because when you give it, people are going to be happy to return it. And I don't know if you've ever noticed whenever you complain at work, there's like five people complaining back at you. It, it's kind of the same thing. And he told me if you just take a few moments, like take three minutes to yourself, even though you're late, how much is three minutes really going to change the fact? And at least you're not walking into something with a totally chaotic you know, aura and energy that you're pushing on everyone. Yeah, I can see that if you show up a couple minutes late and you're pleasant or you have a good energy about you, the person that, that you're meeting is going to be more receptive to that. If you show up on time, but you've stressed to get there, you show up and now you're all stressed, the other person is going to uh, feel that stress as well. And it's going to, um, I don't want to say ruin your day, but it's going to uh, affect whatever your plans were. Uh, it's a more stressful feeling environment than... A relaxed, laid-back, fun environment. Sure. Okay, so let's discuss emotional clarity in just for just a few minutes, Brian, in, in regards to how that relates back to being present. I mean, 
if we are not in tune with our emotions, I believe that's like having a storm on pause and then everything is kind of having to process through that storm in order to, to get out. So um, I, I'm going to kind of define emotional clarity as, you know, tuning to our real time emotions with our current experiences in life. And I find for me that I can be, if, if I'm not conscious of where I'm at emotionally, that I can just let that backlog. It's kind of like when you just shove crap into a closet and slam the door. And I find that um, it can be days in arrears. I find that meditation helps me a lot with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as emotional clarity goes in meditation, um, I, I've mentioned that I've evolved in my meditations uh, throughout the years, but um, things come up in meditations, and in in the past, I've just pushed them aside and you know tried to clear my mind, mm -hmm. and that was helpful. But um, I think when things continually come up, there comes a point where you have to deal with that because there's some emotional uh, tie. There's, Maybe back to something prior. Right? There's a reason that's coming up. Sure. Yeah, there's something in your subconscious that needs to be addressed in order to find that true inner peace. Yeah, I believe it's really important that we revisit those beliefs, and that way we can set you know ourselves into our current proper perspective. You know, if if something that has occurred to us before and it kind of sets some sort of belief system in us you know maybe we need to take the time to separate our head out of our conscious right um and what i mean by that is i spent a lot of time you know before i became more self-aware that i would just react before i would really process how i was feeling about something and I mean, we all have the moment where someone does something and you do a knee-jerk re reaction to it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the things I done or did were respond with what I thought was the appropriate response as opposed to what I was actually feeling. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what society put on you. It's the way exactly. you were taught to respond to uh, react to whatever that situation was. It's not necessarily the healthiest response. Right. It's just the way you've learned to respond to that. Well, you know, and the truth is being gay, we had to re-examine what things mean to us. So why stop there? Why, why not go ahead and stop processing in what we think we're supposed to do and actually take time to feel how we feel about that? Because mm -hmm. maybe instead of responding in a negative mode or a, a negative reaction, we can actually take a moment to realize that this person may be hurting. You know, I, I don't know what they're experiencing. Maybe they're lashing out and crying for help in what they're saying to me. And if I respond negatively, that's just the only way they know how to express where they're at. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything personally. And I, I think that that's, that's also a really good thing is not to take it personal, but, um, you know, the meditation as a practice, you know, in practice, meaning that you continue to do it. I didn't get a lot out of my first meditation. I'll be real honest. I sat with an egg timer for three minutes and I really just was waiting for the damn thing to ring. But I find that when I practice it and I, I'm doing it consciously and trying to just bring myself back to center, back to center, back to center, when my mind would start wandering until I could finally get to that place, that it, it kind of helps me to process through all of that emotional backlog. And I'm actually able to get more in tune with where I'm at now. It's like a time to catch up so that we be, can be synchronized in how we actually feel in real time as opposed to the way we think we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I believe that, that that feelings that I have 
if they're true and they're not jaded by some other aspect, right? Is that's more of my higher self that I'm trying to listen to there. Mm-hmm. So um, I need to figure out what those drivers are that are all telling me how I should be reacting. Mm-hmm. Be aware of them. Yeah. And th- that would give me more of an ability to choose because we, we lose our, our options of choice whenever we're just responding. We, we don't really, we're just running a program. We're not actually using our time and our experience to live our life in this moment with freedom because we're not giving ourselves the privilege of choice. Sure. So staying in touch with that. And what are, what are good ways to stay in touch with? Oh, wow. I, I find that writing is a really good one for me. It uses that creative side of our brain. And that's also, I believe, where the emotions are stored. And it, it's interesting because I can write a letter to myself or to the emotion that I'm having and ask, you know, and I will come out with things intuitively that I wasn't even aware that I was processing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of clear when you start thinking like that, um, when you're tied up in your right side, which is the creative side, right? If you're in the right side, creative, um, your emotions kind of take over and logic seems to disappear. Um, and I, I see that in myself very clearly. Like when I'm creative, when I'm writing a meditation or something, I kind of forget how to spell. I kind of forget <laughs> anything with punctuation. Hey, that's okay. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a good place to, to be. Um, it, it lets my creative juices flow, which, um, you know, is productive and it's, you know, it's where I want to be in that moment. So that is a good thing. Um, people say that if you write, you mentioned writing mm-hmm. and you write with your right hand, which is your creative side that helps you be creative. Is that, do you find that to be true? I do. And, and, you know, I'm kind of split brained in some aspects and, you know, I program. Mm-hmm. I, I paint and I, I sculpt and I also write code, which is very procedural based and there's a lot of technical considerations for things that I'm doing. And to be able to bring the two together, mm-hmm. is it takes a lot of practice and it takes some pretty heavy concentration, but it's so enlightening, you know, to be able to, to do that. Um, I find that that's an incredible aspect to be able to do for me personally. Yeah, I can relate to that left brain, right brain thing because of what, as I was saying, I, I tend not to handwrite when I'm being creative or letting writing my emotions down or something. And I know people swear by that, but <laughs> if I do that, then I can't even read it later on. That's I, true. I've, I've lost too much of my spelling, grammar, and you know, even handwriting functions of the, the logical side of me. Um, so I tend to use a computer. I love to put my thoughts into a Word document and then, um, you know, let it spell check later on. And, and you know, yeah. <laughs> so that I, can... I type pretty fast. I type almost as fast as I can talk sometimes. And it's a, a great way for me to express myself without getting side blinded in my hand cramping. Yeah. And the other reason I really like to, to use a computer is because I can cut and paste, you know, this thought came back to me later on, I can copy it and then I don't have to rewrite it. Or, um, if I want to change the order of things, it's really easy to do that. I don't know. I've just become more comfortable, um, using a word document than uh, actually handwriting something. Um, and I can look back on it, cut and paste into a new document and, I, I keep track of my thoughts that way. Yeah. And it seems to be helpful for me. I'm not sure 
that everybody feels that. I know that some people swear by the handwriting method, you know, and, and journaling, you know. Getting... Oh, sure. Yeah, journaling is a great way to do that. And it's a great way to start if you, you know, if you're not into writing, it's a good way to get those emotions out. I right. think that's incredible. That, that's a pretty accurate description of what I do, but I, I tend to use a Word document over handwriting. Another thing I, I do to help me stay focused in the present and to keep that balance of emotional clarity, right, is to make a decision about, you know, the make a, how do I say this? Uh, I make an emotional intent that I'm going to choose happiness today. I'm going to choose, you know, mindfulness. I'm going to choose compassion, you know, in my day. And those things, as long as I'm propagating that, I'm probably going to get that back. And I can still look towards that whenever I'm responding to things. So like, I also, it gives me the ability to be mindful of my emotions so that if I have something that I don't believe emotions are good or bad, but I believe that there are different levels of them and they teach us different things and they're appropriate. And I feel that my emotions, when they come up, I don't, I can't, the one thing I really hate is when people say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, <laughs> right? Because I don't control that. It, it occurs. It's it's a, a part of my system. And their journey is not your journey. Exactly. So. And maybe I'm supposed to be feeling this, but I think it's important for me to realize when I'm moving into something mm -hmm. as opposed to like, I can feel blue or feel compassion for a friend or even empathy for them. But if I move into a point where I'm taking on their sorrow for them or something like that, it's okay to feel that, but I need to not move into it. I need to at some point realize that my experience with this is complete Thank you for bringing this to my surface and, you know, please move on, you know, and I literally sometimes have to think that out loud or even write it in a letter to my emotion. And then I'm able to kind of be free of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brian, so I think for our last aspect of you know, kind of wrapping this up on, on being, you know, in the present and, and living our lives in the moment would be staying the course. You know, how do we keep on track with this? How do, how do we keep from being derailed? Hmm. So what kind of flags do you, or red flags do you maybe see in your daily life that? Hmm. Well, the word triggers comes to mind, oh, yeah. <clears throat> but I think it's more of a mental health thing where, um, you know, things are triggered from my past, things that I've internalized, um, as things come up in life, it triggers those emotions, those feelings, those reactions to things from my past. And, uh, those are definitely red flags for me. Um, learning how to identify those things and how to, uh, just be aware of them when they happen and not necessarily react to them yeah. is huge. Yeah, I, they're kind of like potholes whenever you run into those things that are from the past. I think it's important for me too. I'm not always mindful or, or I lose sight of being mindful of where I'm feeling right now, but I can see them in the way that I respond to things. Like when I'm in traffic and I'm <laughs> cursing the red light or I'm mad because someone just pulled out in front of me, I, I need to realize that 
why am I feeling this? You know, I know this, I know intellectually this person did not wake up and sit at this intersection until I got here just to pull out in front of me. Do that to you purposely. It's it's definitely something within me that's not grounded or that's off that maybe I need to be looking at or feeling. And I'm just taking it out on this because anger to me is not a primary emotion. It's, it's a response. And when I have that response, I need to be looking at, hey, what's going on here? I can get that from, you know, certain people can trigger things. And, and things people say that normally wouldn't bother me, if they bother me all of a sudden, that's probably something happening with me that I need to be aware of. So, so being someone that has been in traffic with you many times, yes, one of my favorite things <laughs> is when um, somebody does pull out in front of you and other people's reaction might be to honk the horn and flip some that person off your reaction sometimes is uh bless you on your journey yes i i tried to adopt that which which it's hilarious because um it's almost you know i don't want to say it's a sarcastic thing but it's a way of thinking but it's also an f you to them you know (laughs) (laughs) i guess in a way it is but i try to mean it yeah i I really do try to mean it and the thing is i'm making a choice not to respond automatically but Hey, to shift my thinking, right? But, but it goes to what you said earlier. That person may have had the worst day of their lives. They may have had somebody close to them pass away. They, they may be on the way to the hospital. hospital. Yeah, yeah, you just don't know. You don't know. So giving them a blessing is definitely uh, a positive thing to do. Um, but sometimes it's kind of funny when, you know, you expect somebody to flip somebody off and they say, bless you on your journey. <laughs> It's Definitely. a nice, nice, nice place to be. I forgot I did that. That was an interesting point. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, we're all human. We're all on this physically based spiritual journey. And we lose sight of that at times that I, I really don't know what's happening with this person, what they're feeling, what they're dealing with, what their backlog is, what, you know, stones they're carrying on their back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I can just remember that this isn't about me. That I'm, I'm a passenger on this journey just like these other people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember, we're all only human. People yeah. say that a lot. They do say that a lot. And as long as I'm not saying that like as a, you know, an excuse for something, but to actually... For yourself, you mean? Yeah, to actually be mindful that... Hey, I'm only human. I'm part of the human race. Right. right? I'm not segmented from these people. We're all the same but when you're able to look at somebody else that may be disservicing you in a way um and realize they're only human and they probably have something triggered in them you know and they're in a in a reaction place um and they're not their best selves at that moment you know and that we all have those and it's part of being human well i've definitely appreciated the topic today brian thank you for for pulling this together and yeah it was it was a great topic well, do you want to end things? Well, thank you all for joining us today. We, we super appreciate you listening and bless you on your journey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Gay Peace Journeys. Don't forget to visit GayPeace.com and manifest peace by making peace.